Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. If you're listening to this on the podcast, this is episode 194. The AFTN Soccer Show is brought to you in partnership with BC Soccer Web, your one-stop site for all your BC, Canadian, North American soccer news and links. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. There are new partners. We're the official podcast of the site. We're going to be doing a lot of work together, hopefully expanding our coverage even more. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. And we do not have Steve Pander with us tonight. He's in a coffin. Sorry, he is coffin. He's He's got a, a bad cold. But we can have a good show without Steve. For real. Not sure how the boards will work. I haven't done these for about six weeks, but it'll be fine. Everything's good. Lot to talk about, as always. Busy, busy week in Whitecaps, BC. TSS Rovers kicked off their their home game on Friday night. That was a a fun atmosphere. We were both at that. It was good times. Then we had Provincial Cup weekend. I was at the A Cup today, unfortunately missed WFC 2, but a fantastic A Cup final won by Club Inter. Donald Camber. Yes, he he had a very good game. Connor Hildebrand, TSS Rovers guy, missed a penalty in the first half, sadly, and his team went down to a 2-0 defeat in the end, but it was a fun game. Heartbreak. Check out AFTN tomorrow, we've got video highlights of that and a lot more as well. But enough about that. I know you don't tune in to listen to us talking about local soccer. You should, but that's not why you tune in. Let's get straight to the Whitecaps. Let's get to the latest game from MLS land. Sadly, a defeat. The unbeaten streak is gone. It had to go at some time. I'm surprised it lasted. I'm surprised it started. As anyone that listened to the shows know, I wasn't overly confident as to how well we were going to be doing on the road. But we've taken six points from 12. Fantastic return. Excellent performances. A new formation seems to have worked. Unchanged starting lineup for four straight games for the first time in the club's history in the MLS era. What do you take away... Before we start to talk about the Houston game, what do you take away from this road stretch, Zach? 
Yeah, I think we, t- we take away the positive of these points. Uh, you know, we were looking at this at five difficult games, including the Seattle game before. And so, you know, three wins out of those five matches, I think, is is really well done. I w- obviously, I would rather have beaten Portland away. Uh, but, yeah, you know, six six points in, in, in the away games, nine, in, uh, nine out of those five, I think, is... Uh, we can be really satisfied. I, the one thing I want to talk about, and and I think it was Paul Dolan was talking about this in the pregame show for the match, is that he he kind of said, "I hope that the players don't look at this as a as a as a like a gravy game, like just an extra game. Like, hey, we've got we've we've done well on the road. Let's not worry about this so much. Or this is not you know if we lose, it's not the end of the world." And he talked about you know how the players really can't have that mentality um, going going into the game. What did you think about that, Michael? Did you think that the players kind of went in with the right focus? I I, I think they did. I mean, I, I said last week that for me it was a gravy game because I wasn't expecting to get anything out of well, it. And it was a far, far better performance than I was expecting for, it, for starters. For me, it was a gravy game only in my prediction. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I had already got – I said nine, we got nine. It, for me, it would have been gravy if we had gotten 12. I think uh, – I th- yeah, I think they approached it well. I think the first thing, and you mentioned it, is is the starting eleven, and we talked a lot about that last week about what we thought might happen, what we thought could happen, or maybe should happen. Uh, I was, you know, really pleased to see the same, uh, you know, tactical kind of approach with the same starting eleven. Uh, I know you were kind of hoping for maybe one or two changes. How did you feel about the, the starting eleven? Yeah, I, I was. I was just hoping to to freshen things up. I, I thought Tony Chani should have been dropped just to give him a let let him recharge his batteries a bit because he's not firing all cylinders. I, I'm trying <laughs> trying to bring the best out of him tonight. I'm I'm sitting here wearing a Cameroon top. I was going to say, how could you say they're wearing that top? This is to help inspire him. I, I should wear it to training just to see see what he says. When I did wear it to training during the World Cup, Pamaduka was going on calling me his brother and stuff. So. <laughs> We'll, we'll see what Tony does because he's actually from Cameroon, so that could be interesting. But I just, I just felt a little bit of a spark to maybe drop him and bring in Russell Tiber or Ben McKendry. He's the kind of player that 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 this kind of formation and that kind of game would maybe have been good for. Now Chani wasn't terrible, and the formation worked, and the, the team did way better than I really thought they were going to do. Best possession, I think, of the the whole season, just under sixty percent, fifty nine point three or something. They were obviously chasing the, the the game for for a vast part of it, but I th- think, yeah, it was probably the the right decision to to go with the unchanged lineup. Quick, quick question for you on that: Did Ben travel? Because he didn't play with WFC two on the Friday. Yeah, I don't know. I or did he just not travel with WFC two for that? I. Really don't know at all. Okay. I think he he probably didn't, but I don't know. I was surprised that he didn't play for WFC two yeah. two on Thursday. Sorry, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. But the it, it was a great return. The six points. You could also arguably say that the two games which they didn't get any points from, they were the better team in times, and they should definitely have taken something from Portland. And I do think they should have taken something from the game in Houston. Whitecaps players afterwards were saying that. Kyle Robinson said that they kind of dug themselves into a hole. And then once you fall behind, once, you can come back. When you fall for the second time in a 
against a team that's unbeaten at home, those conditions. It could be game over, but they fought back. Got a goal in the 85th minute and they, they pushed and they could maybe have got something more. They, they didn't. Let, let, let's just talk a little bit about the game. Went down to uh, a goal earlier on. Who scored that goal? Can't remember. <laughs> Albert Elise? I knew you were going to get to that. <laughs> Actually, Al- I'm not even sure if it's Albert or Al. I don't know if it's Albert it's or Albert. Albert Ellis. <laughs> that is how I think Terry Dunfield pronounced it. <laughs> so if if Terry says that, I'm going with Albert Ellis as well. I actually was listening to the radio the start of the game on the way to TSS, and I'm pretty sure they called him Albert Ellis on the radio as well. And Robbo was talking either pre-game or post-game, and he called him Ellis. So there you go. The, well, the influence of Steve Pander is just so, it's so far and away. He'll always be Albert Ellis to me, <laughs> just like Jamie Fernandez. Yeah, and Kyoto, Kyoto didn't score, but he set up the goal. Yeah, it, a goal made in Honduras. Of course, we could have had Kyoto here. We did have him here. If we if we charged him for his medical bills, possibly he might still be here. Then we could have had a great player. It's like, okay, you, you owe the BC hospitals this amount of money. You can take that off your salary and we'll just deduct a set amount. I mean, that, that's what you do if you're in debt in the UK. You just set up a standing order to, to kind of pay things. That's what we need to do. Injure the good players, get them to have to stay here to pay off their medical bills, and Bob's your uncle. I think Bob's something else. But, no, I, I uh, you know, you. this is not America. I don't think that's quite how the healthcare system works, even for... Well, it should. Let's see what happens when the new government in BC gets in. I'm sure I read that in Christy Clark's uh, manifesto. I mean, a big Whitecaps well, fan, Christy. She's she's going to want someone like Romel Kyoto to be here. Uh, well, does it mean she gets to sign some jerseys of, of his? For I don't know. I mean, like Greg might say, I'll give you some more money if you can just like do something to keep these players here. Yeah, that's... Oh, man. Let's not get into yeah, politics. We, we could talk about that for a long time. Yeah. The anyway, game, the game. One, we, the went game. Down, we, we went down. We went down, went down one goal. goal. It's all a bit of a blur. I watched on the PVR after I got home from the TSS game. I, I can only remember Brexit's goal. Everything else, no, actually, I suddenly remember the second goal. It just, yeah. just okay. came back. Oh well, yeah, me. we need to talk about the second goal. We a few of us went over to uh, to Adam's house. Adam Adam uh, H lives a, a few blocks away from the stadium, so we got some food and went over and um, yeah, watched the game. It's it, I. <laughs> I hate watching a game on the PVR when you're watching with people who already know what what's happened. Yeah. No, they didn't tell us. I, or, I, I made sure that I avoided the score. Yeah. And like when we were doing the, the commentary for the TSS game, Gideon was wanting to do a, a halftime scoreboard. I was like, no, yeah. we're not doing that. We're just shutting the mics off at halftime. Yeah. You're not going to tell me one thing. And it's like, what, what if I don't tell you the score and I just tell you some stuff? No, yeah, don't tell me nothing any. at all. Yeah, I've spoiled so many games over the years. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's horrible. So one, we were down one 0 at the half. Second half, let's. You want to talk about that goal? You want to talk about the second goal, the decisive yeah. goal? Let's talk about that because you are wearing a hat, honouring the man. <laughs> now, have I missed something? Is Kendall in the hat business? <laughs> You're wearing a Waston hat. Kendall's got all these hats with W's on it on his no, Twitter account. No, it's a KW. It's his new branding or whatever. So he is into hats. He's, well, he's he, done I, a hat. Brand. He's done some. No, it's not just hats. I think he's done a whole. So I think he's going to have a whole line of stuff. I mean, interesting because Gersh, Gersh had Gersh had his own little line of you know. Well, shirts Ro- and Robert Earnshaw has got his hat business right. as well. Oh yeah, 
These are different. We're going to have to have a new segment. It's going to be like hats. something about hats. Yeah, no, this is an older. This is this is from Costa Rica. This is uh, I think I think Priscilla had a few of these made in Costa Rica, and the the, but the new one you've been seeing that's like I think like his new KW brand. We'll take a picture of Zach's hat. We'll put it out on our AFT in Canada Twitter account just so you can see exactly what we're talking about. It basically just says Waston. Yeah. Which, if anybody doesn't know about Kendall Waston, is going to think that Zach just that? had a yeah. really bad printing mistake. <laughs> and he's, 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 he's gone to, to, to some printer when Matt Watson was here. Yeah. And he said, make me a Matt Watson hat. And then he gets it for free because it's spilt wrong. This is really my son's hat. I just borrowed it from him. It, it does look a bit small for you. It, it could also say waste on. So let's talk. Let's talk about the goal now. Yes. Do we have to? Well, okay. For me, never ever a penalty. No. Well, I can see why the referee gave it. I don't think it was a penalty, but I can see why the referee gave it. Is it, it because he's pro a pro referee and that's his level, his quality? Yeah, obviously, that that's the obvious answer. It's never. It's never a penalty. They they. Innoc- innocuous running into yeah. each other in the box. It's because I think Kendall's arms went forward. And depending on what the angle of the referee is, it is going to look like he shoved him out of the way more than just a, a body check and a natural collision. It looked like a natural collision and him bracing for, for the, the, the impact. I, I, I was... Uh, when you watch the... I mean, when you, I forget about the replay. When, when it first happened, you're like, what? You've got to be joking me. Then you watch the replay and you're like... This is this is horrendous. Like this is catastrophic. Like, and the fact that that turned out to be the winning goal, like, is just yeah I mean, devastating. It, Kendall was furious. Oh, understandably. Yeah. Um, it's just, this wasn't him cutting down a guy from behind in Portland no. last year. This was this. Like, I think he got jobbed. You see a lot of collisions like that during a game. Totally. But I I do genuinely think that because his hands were in a kind of forward motion. It looked like a shove, and then it was sold well. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and if it had been the reverse, if someone did that to Montero, and Montero went down a, a, a couple of times, I think it, I think it was him during the game. All these games I've seen over the weekend, everything's like a blur. They all melded together, yeah. One game I saw, a player kind of went down very similarly looking for, for a penalty and, di- and didn't get it. Could have been any one of the games I've watched this weekend, really. But it's it's to me the other. It's different than like where it looks like there's in, like two players going for the ball and there's intentional kind of contact and a player going down down easy and looking for yeah. a penalty. This was like innocuous like con, uh, contact, like two like two players running into each other. I don't um, I don't think Kendall ran into him on purpose in in that way, in that fashion. Definitely not with that goal in mind of knocking him down. And the other thing is, how close was the ball? Like, how clo- how close was the ball into him? Like, it, I don't think it was anywhere near him, to be honest. It, so, like, what like what are you impeding him from? Like, what's what's the advantage? Like, like if you're looking at the referee, you're trying to say, okay, he intentionally brought the guy down in the box. To what advantage? Why would he be bringing him down when the ball's not super like not playable? I don't know. I don't know. That's my recollection. Maybe maybe it was more playable than I'm thinking in my mind from the, the the few times I've watched it. But I'm pretty sure that Robo said afterwards it was never a penalty. I, I think that was his exact quote. Again, I've listened to so many different things this weekend. I'm pretty sure I, it was him I that said li- never a penalty. I haven't listened to that, and I agree. Yeah, but two 0 down. After that, 
I mean, I'm watching it in the PVR. I'm thinking, should I just fast forward to the end because they're never going to get back in this? But super sub, Breck Shea. Okay, before we get to that, can we talk a little bit about the, the substitutions? Okay, if you really must. No, I think it's important. I, I, I'm really happy to see Alfonso. I think everyone's happy to see Alfonso Davies come in, come in at the hour mark to replace Tony Chani, right? Shake things up a little bit. Yeah. Change. I, I like his role just now as a sub because when he's been starting a couple of games before this change of formation, he was struggling. He was looking tired. The immediate impact he's made where nobody really knew much about him. Now they're kind of targeting him a bit more. So I think this role does suit him coming on as an impact sub, at least for now. Keep him fresh. Don't burn him out. And then when we might need him down the stretch, we've got a really fresh young guy that will have finished school. Right. And so he came on and we're down a goal, right? Good sub. Really happy for it. I think it was appropriate. Right player off, right player on. The next sub comes immediately after we go down two goals. Okay. And so who is it? It's Breck Shea coming on. And I just didn't real check. Who did he replace? He replaced Christian Teixeira. Also, I think understandable. Yep. Uh, I've seen some criticism of Teixeira's game. I don't think he would say it was his best game of the season. I, I don't know that he was horrible or anything, but again, I think probably right decision, right player off, and again, right decision, right player on. You need a you need a goal. Bring on someone with uh, some offensive capabilities. Again, gives a different look. Uh, can augment the shape a little bit. Uh, I don't. Did you feel like it augmented the shape too much? Like it, it brought a slightly different dynamic to the team. Because he, he kind of went left, right? But then cut, he came in more, I think, after. Like more central. Like, Well, he, he, scored from, he scored from a central position. But we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. So, because uh, I think Davies went to the right then. Um, mem- if my memory serves me correctly. I mean, both, both those subs were subs that you would both I those subs, think, I think want were the, to see. I, both of those subs, I think, were the I, right. I, I, I now know where you're going right. with this. Oh, yeah. no. Okay. So then... 77th minute, we're down two goals. Yep. The final sub of the game. Yep. Matias Laba comes off. Okay. Matias, no problem. Yep. You, he's more there to destroy. No problem. You take off Matias Laba. And Rusty came on. Yeah. Now, I have to admit, at, when it happened, when we, when we were watching the PVR later that night, I was kind of angry. I was just like, this does not make sense. This is, we're, we're chasing the game. It almost, in some ways, it almost felt like we're like, Okay, yeah, we're down to no. The game's over. Let's get Rusty some minutes. He's going to be playing 90 in a week or two. Totally uh, agree. It, it smacked of that. It felt like that. Robbo was never going to say that's what it was for. But yes, it that's felt like exactly that. how it felt. Now, now, that's my initial, that was my initial reaction. I thought about some more. And I thought, okay, maybe, and it's, this is where I'd love to hear your perspective, Michael, because maybe you'll agree or disagree. But I felt initially this was not the right move. Right player coming off, sure, I can live with that. A defensive player, to, we're down two goals. You want to change things up. But then we're bringing on a very similar type player. It didn't feel right at the time. However, looking back on it, I thought, okay, Rob, if Rob was not thinking that, if he's not thinking, hey, we're down 2-0, we're in Houston, there's 13 minutes left, it's virtually over, let's bring on someone who, who's going to be having, need to be playing more really soon. If he's not thinking that... Was he thinking? I think we are with the with the addition of Shea and Alfonso. We are getting 
like we are our setup we are getting some chances from it so let's just make a swap to like to make a swap just to freshen it up keep the same formation keep the same shape cuz rusty basically played this, the same role that Labo would a defensive kind of midfield role and see where it goes from there so you don't do you know what i mean like he, it was a change just okay every, he was uh, robo think robo's thinking would have been we're doing okay let's just Bring on fresh legs and keep going how we're going, and hopefully we can get something out of this. It, it just it it didn't make a lot of sense when uh, it it did look like he thought, okay, well the game's over, we're not going to get back. Let's just make a slight a- adjustment to the team. I would have gone far more attacking. I thought Mosquito. The thing though is because he brought Tiber on, it has made me wonder whether. Is he going to keep this formation and this shape right. going forward? Because he might think, yeah, no matter what, I'm going to keep this four-one-four-one even at home. Let's see how Tybert kind of fits into this. But the subs kind of altered the shape a little bit, right? A little. But I don't know. I mean, what, what do you? What would you say the formation was then before Tybert came into it? Well, I think I think they went to they push Bola more centrally. Again, my mind... Which is not overly keen on. I, I've, uh, not like you in person, but I've watched a number of matches this weekend and they are all kind of bleeding together, even though there were different leagues and, and different quality and whatever. But um, I, yeah, I, if my memory serves me correct, I think Bola went more central uh, and you had... Uh, when uh, I think when Davies came on, he went more central and I think he stayed there when Shea came on. Um, yeah. So it was more like a four-two-three-one. Yeah, which is, uh, of course, how how you liked it before. I mean, we'll, we'll have a look after the break at the games that are coming up and right. what might happen, kind of formation wise and stuff. So, so you felt that when you're watching, you're like, "This is a wasted sub." Or, this yeah, is not I, the right I, sub. I just didn't get it at all, and it's not just because I'm not a big fan of Russell Tyler. No, no, I keep no, going no. on about Russell, but I, I, I just, lo- yeah, you mean you I love, love the guy? I love Rusty. It just made no sense to me. I just felt like it was screaming for Mosquito, yeah, or even maybe Morrow. I mean, yeah, I mean, when are you going to play Mauro to to kind of get him some minutes? And you never know; something could happen that we have to rely on Mauro. And if he's not up to game fitness and game sharpness. It's going to be tough. I, 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 I would have probably brought Mosquito on, yeah. though. Because, again, if you're not going to play Mosquito in a game like this where you're two down and you have a chance to get in minutes yeah. and a spark, when are you going to bring him on? Yeah. That's why, that's why in the moment I felt like, oh, we're, we're, holding up, we're white caps, we're holding up a white flag. It, it, it felt a little bit awkward. Like, uh, uh, the, I, I know we were down 2-0, but the, for me, the game's never over. And no, I mean, the most one, dangerous lead in football. Well, and, or if you're TSS Rovers, three 0 the most <laughs> dangerous lead in football. I watched a, I watched the matches this weekend where yeah, like I think f- three three one, three one, it was, it was three one, and it ended five four, for the team that was losing three one. So like it's yeah, you never you can never you can never give up. No, I mean, and I'm not saying the players did. I've just that move just in the moment. You just have to look at the game. Was it against LA where we scored the two goals in yeah. about two three minutes? Yeah. I mean that shows you what we can do. So I mean let's 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 get to the goal. Let's wrap up the, the talk about Houston. Oh, the goal, right? Brexy, three and three now, including Tigris. Uh super sub, earning every sing every single penny of the <laughs> six hundred plus thousand. 
I'm not even kidding. It's like if he's coming on and scoring goals, he's worth every he has penalty. Like three to me. goals in like 200 minutes or something. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty positive. He he could finish as not obviously golden boot, or maybe golden boot, but he might have the highest like minutes per goal or something. Well, he, uh, he he's looking good. At basically, he seems to have found his shooting boots or head. Head in this case, yeah. Uh, this was, it was a it was a set piece too, wasn't it? It was I know bowl, it was a cross. It was bowler, from, it was it was bowler, bowler floated from it in. Yeah. But so he uh, – obviously it's because he's being brought back from injury because he's not going to be a sub most, most of the year, especially f- because he's one of our designated players. Yeah. That, that kind of puts a bit of a spanner in the works because right. to me I do think with the lineup that we've got and the way that we're going, he should be sub unless Teixeira has a, a kind of fall from form. Right, and and again, we'll probably talk about this in in a little bit with okay, what's going to happen over the, these next coming games? But it, it is inter- it'll be, it will be very interesting to see if the kind of for, formation tactical approach of these four away games will continue at home, and if so, yeah, what will what type of rotation will take place, especially when you have you know. Eight, uh, yeah. th- eight, three games in seven, eight days or whatever. Well, we'll come to that. Yeah. Let's not jump ahead. Yeah, so good goal. Good yeah. way. Happy for happy for Breck. Good goal. We had a chance. We're pushing. Nothing really concrete, but at least we, we had some pushing. We were going for it. I do feel we should have taken a point from the game. Totally. Kind of disappointing not to. A couple of things just to, to kind of mention. I mentioned about the possession. 59.6% possession to the Whitecaps. 72% passing accuracy from 388 total passes, whereas Houston had 265. So we had a lot of the ball, we were passing it about. Accuracy at 72%, you kind of want to see that a little higher. Yeah, I saw some individual players yeah. who maybe I'm wearing a hat of did not have great individual numbers. Yes. But um. Well, yeah, Let, let's talk about the centre-backs then. Yeah. Kenna Waston, we know give away the penalty. I want to talk about Tim Parker, who led the team with three shots. None of them on target, but he led the team with three shots. Now, how? Why? What was he doing up there? I think it was fairly from set pieces. Yeah. The, the, or he did have pieces. one breakaway, though, that he was kind of... I just seem to remember that. He's getting forward. This formation, though, it, it is kind of releasing some of our other guys. Like Parker's getting forward. We talked about Shane and Williams getting forward in previous games. and I, I like it. I like what he's doing. Well, when I like you, the success it's bringing. Well, when you talk about when you talk about the the again, not just the formation, but the tactical approach that they've taken. Okay, w- one thing about the fifty nine percent possession. Part of that is game situation. So I think Houston was okay with us having the ball when yeah. they're, when they're, up, they're when they're when they were ahead. I mean, when you're two when you're two down, you're chasing the game. You're yeah. always going to have but, the ball a bit more. But I think the thing, and this is one of the thing I think most people who have been watching this season or 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 for many seasons are probably are really appreciative of is the fact that it's um, the tactical approach. We are playing more, uh, more defeat. We're playing more on the ground. We're playing less balls over the, over the top um, trying to uh, expose defenses maybe that are pushing up on us or to um, use the advantage that we have with players with pace. So I think that's one of the things that people have been enjoying the most is the, is is our passing game has has changed from a lot of more direct football to a lot more possession football. And we'll see how that plays out in the games to come. 
We'll take a little bit of a break now. We're going to have some tweets. We're going to talk about the games coming up. We're going to talk about MLS and a lot more besides. But first of all, we're going to bring you these messages. Last night, I left the bar. I was thirsty, and I don't drink wine. I was desperate. I needed blood. I turned to the only place I could. The only place that could possibly help me. Hello, Canadian Blood Services. Hello. I need some blood. Hey, positive or negative, it doesn't matter. I'm sorry, we're all out of A positive and negative. Would you like some O instead? No. No, that won't do. Thank you. Good night. Save me. Save yourself. Give blood. Voluntarily. This message was brought to you courtesy of the Canadian Blood Services and CITR Radio 101.9 FM. You are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory at the University of British Columbia. I think that was more Russian than... My Transylvanian accent didn't really work very well there. We played that ad or that PSA on request of Van City Villa, who loves it. I love it as well. Always been a big fan of vampires. Shout out to Duncan Nickel. Yep. How did his villa do this year? Best not to talk about that. Okay. Don't want to upset our listeners. Sorry. Only got five. Don't want to lose another one. Anyway, you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. So before the break there, we were talking about the, the Caps game at the weekend in Houston. Now that game left the Caps after all the games this weekend have all played out. We're in sixth spot in the playoff places. Obviously a long, long way to go. 13 points. Six points off top spot though, which is kind of incredible considering some of the form that we've had and the, the, the tough spell of games we had. Top of the table, Texas is leading the way. Houston and Dallas tied on 19 points. When those teams meet, that is going to be an explosive Texan derby. Looking forward to that. Feels like it's been a while since those Texas derbies have been meaningful in the standings. Yeah. I mean, they're, all, they're, they're, they're always meaningful meaning, they're all, for, for the fans. Totally. We'll they're always, that. Exactly. But, but yeah, in the standings, I mean, t- Houston's been a big surprise in some regard. In other ways, no, because when you saw the guys that they brought in, you kind of thought, yeah, they've brought in some really good guys, Kyoto, Albert Ellis. Torres, you knew, was going to kind of come back to it. And Wilmer Cabrera seems to bring the best out of Torres. Eighth goal of the season against us, even though it shouldn't have been. But eighth goal eighth of the goal season. against us. Oh, no, this season. His eighth goal of the season was scored against, against us. us. See, he's, he scored, are important. He scored so many goals against us. He has. Does little robot dance. It's not the same when it's not in Chivas colors, though. But. It's not the same when, same when you can't throw a can of beer at his head either, which I kind of want to do when folks celebrate like that against my team. You're not a big Peter Kirsch fan? 
No. I, I also d- don't encourage that. Please do not throw cans no. of beer at opposing players at BC Place. Let's just get that PSA. But if you're in We're Can- doing our own PSAs now. If you're in Kansas City, though, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Just update update for you from the Twitterverse. Uh, Duncan says, middle of the table for Villa, another year in the championship. Oh, I thought he was going to critique my vampire accent. That's disappointing. <laughs> Now, I'm going to have to leave that vampire ad in the podcast now because I, I cut those out of the podcast so now no one's going to have any clue what we're talking about. But it's entertainment value alone. Or Steve thought we should do our own ads for the podcast, so I might try and, and do my own version of that. That would be awesome. Man of a million voices, all of them sounding nothing like they're meant to. I won't do my Steve Pander impression. Yeah, please don't. I, I, please I've don't. I've been warned all the signs around the studio here are... Kind of letting me know that I shouldn't do things like that. Or make any jokes, apparently, according to all the signs that, that's in the studio here. Anyway, let's get back to the MLS standings. Looking at the, the rest of the, the playoff positions, you've got Kansas City's third, Portland's fourth after their, their draw today with Atlanta. San Jose is the other kind of surprise team at the moment. They're in fifth spot. Outside of the playoff spots, you've got LA Galaxy, and you know they're going to come good even though the head coach seems in above his head, and he is probably number one in the firing line for managers that could get sacked if he doesn't turn things around by the time the summer comes. But you have to think, LA are going to get in the top six. So you're looking at the teams in the top six just now, and you're kind of wondering, which ones of these teams can the Whitecaps catch? Can they realistically go ahead of and, and stay ahead of and San Jose's got to be the team that, that you are targeting for that. Now, when you look at the the Eastern Conference, I've got to... Th- this, this is sticking in my craw, as we say in Scotland. TFC. 25 points. Seven wins, four draws, one defeat. Undefeated at home. Playing... Playing good football, but... The fighting spirit that they're showing and coming back from matches when when they go behind, I hate to say it, but they are looking a very very impressive team. And you're you're a Toronto boy. You're probably happy that your your hometown am, team's winning. I am not a Toronto boy. I'm a Sudbury boy who ended up growing up in the mostly in the GTA. You do have a Toronto shirt, I believe. Oh, who doesn't? Me. Hopefully everyone else that's listening to this outside of I Toronto. All, I have all kinds of... Actually, last time I was in Toronto, they handed out free shirts. Yeah. Although, to be, to be fair, I've never been to Cameroon, and I am sitting wearing a Cameroon shirt. And I do have a Portland Timbers t-shirt, because they gave them away free at a game, I think, in the it, USL era. I, um, and obviously, being Scottish, I was like, I'm, I'm keeping that. I went to the... After we won that amazing 4-3 game, was it yeah, last year? We won the amazing 4-3 game. I went to the... They had a midweek game against NYCFC, which they called their Italian night, and they gave away Sebastian Jovinko t-shirts. <laughs> Italian night? Yeah, yeah, and then and then Pirlo sat on the bench and didn't come on the pitch. <laughs> I, think, I think it was a one-all drawn. I think Poku. I think Poku I, got the... I, I love these theme nights. In Houston, it was Star Wars night. Yes. It was like, was it their closest match to May 4th? It, it, it obviously was, but I mean, that's a biz- so, bizarre sight, because it's like... If if there's one thing you want to do in the heat of Houston, is dress up in a Darth Vader or Stormtrooper or Chewbacca outfit. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Uh... But the Whitecaps, too, are having Star Wars Day in July. 
So anything goes with these theme nights. Yeah, theme theme nights. Yeah, theme days. Those are when you're doing those. <laughs> it says a lot. I I kind of like them sometimes. We had an Italian heritage night uh, the Whitecaps once. I got to do lots of pasta jokes on Twitter. I think it was after that night, though, that my tweet stopped automatically showing up in the MLS game timelines because they probably were looking at that afterwards and going, oh, what the hell is he going on about? He said they're pasta their best. Oh, my goodness. There's no rim shot lined up for that? Um, I don't think we're allowed to talk about rim shots, although it is after the watershed, so we probably can <laughs> Chris Corgan says he was born in Toronto and he doesn't have a Toronto shirt, but he does have a Columbus one. That's for Kikuta Bani, though. No, I think it's pre. <laughs> no, see, you you have to spin the narrative that it, yeah. it's it's for that. Well, but, uh, we're talking about other MLS. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Well, sorry, TF, that's TFC. We're starting to talk about T, TFC. Uh, full credit. It. I mean, we've talked about this in the past in different ways, but TFC are on. Like if 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 Vancouver Whitecaps are on planet Earth in terms of uh, their approach to spending on designated players, I don't know the Toronto FC is like I don't know what on Pluto. I guess it's not even a planet anymore. But you know, like they're on a different planet. Pluto they're, is a planet. Oh yeah. <laughs> hashtag Do not Pluto. start me on that. Yeah. Hashtag Pluto is a planet. No. So like he's also a dog. They're they're on a totally different like a to, like it's they're in a they're like in a different galaxy. They might as well be on like I don't know. Uh, I forget I forget what those other planets. I was gonna say watch those uh, Guardians Al- of Alpha Galaxy. Centauri. Films. Yeah, well, watch those Guardians of the Galaxy with my with my son. I forget the Scarrow. name. Scarrow. No. Oh, Asgard. That's where Thor is from, right? They're like on Asgard in terms of spending. Like it's so extravagant and so like crazy and so different worldly. Um, so they should be doing well. Yeah. They should be doing well, but they are, and they are, and so you have to... Money by success, that you're hearing it here from Zach, that's, that's what <laughs> no, he but wants. No, you, you have to, I uh, not know what I want, but like, I don't, I, I well, think... Well, tell me what you want, no, I think... what you really, really want. <laughs> oh, man. Um, there's, that we play that song later? Um... Do, you, do you want a player that goes zigga zigga ah? <laughs> you're hilarious. No, they, they, uh... I, I, they do spend excessively. I think you can spend less than what they're spending and still do very, very well. Uh, so I think I think their I think their supporters are happy that their results are more in line with their spending. Because even last last year was good, uh, was a step in the right direction and all that kind of stuff. But I think that their supporters and the ultras in Toronto expect even even more because of the quality that they have there. And 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 so it's not just their designated players, it's the depth that they have, it's the they've also uh used their their residency, their their they don't call it residency, their academy in a meaningful way. You saw Jay Chapman come in, I believe it was in the I want to say in the Columbus game setting up a goal like they have some guys who are uh, Raheem Edwards. We saw last year here in the Voyagers uh, the Voyagers Cup. I think he came on at the end of the at the, the end of the the final, there they have some guys who are really contributing. Yeah, like even like one of the things that stood out for me from that game, when you look at the starting lineup, was neither Bader nor Justin Morrow were starting in that in their in their their weekend match this this week, right? And they were still playing a three four three. It was really interesting to see I, some. I've of things always that, liked right? a three four three formation. Oh yeah, I think four three 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 four three. It's it's an interest one if you've got guys who can that do can it. Play the three, totally. Yeah. 
So they they and I think some of the guys they have playing the three, I would have not necessarily thought they could play the three, but they they're making it work. And they had some they have some injuries. They get they had some more injuries this weekend. Nick Haglin went out. They're having a very good season. Uh, again, like they probably should for for you know their investment. Um, it's early, so we'll see how things go. But I think they, they they're happy to. I think it's been so. I I heard earlier this week, like they were on a five game winning streak. Now they're on a six or seven or whatever. And it's like it's yeah. been a long time that that's happened in MLS period. Like yeah. it's been many years since a team has won that many games in a row in 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 the league. Well, I mean, when you're spending that kind of money in DPS, they they are going to come in. They're going to spice up your life. <laughs> Whereas Whitecaps, they like to go for homegrown players. Um, White caps two to the first team, so like two become one. I'm out of Spice Girl songs now, but I just I've been waiting for you to stop yeah. talking so I could do those. Sorry. <laughs> so they beat they beat Columbus midweek, yes, right, and then Columbus this weekend uh, played Mo- they played they played Montreal, so they had a uh, Canadian back to back games there. They played I want to say in Montreal. I want to say they played in Montreal. Kakuda got the start, and it looked like a four-two-three-one. It looked Kakuda was wide right, but if you watch the highlights, it looks like he's playing very centrally, yeah, and almost as a second striker or very tucked in on the right. The guy that put up the missing poster for him on a tree will be delighted that he, he's, he's turned up. Yeah, he's been found. Now, if you watch the highlights, you also see even like the, the short highlights. Even you'll see he misses a pretty significant. Did you? I don't know if you. Did I see haven't it. actually seen oh, that. Man, no. It was in the first half, and it was a rebound that came up, and he had like virtually the whole net, and he headed it, and the key, and I think it was Evan Bush, like somehow got to it, which was like, it wasn't a it wasn't a great mm. header, so it wasn't a crazy save, but you're like, well, we, we know it should have been a goal. Of that, so. It should have been a goal. Yeah, but um, yeah, I haven't I haven't watched the whole game yet on on MLS on MLS Live, but. It looked like he, it looked like he contributed contributed a little bit, and they won the game. And uh, their their guy who's running the show, uh, their number uh, what's his name? I think it's Miram. I think Miram was the guy. He had a hat trick. He was like on fire. Um, and uh, some more some more heartbreak in Montreal. Uh, well, I was going to come to Montreal next because bottom of the East, third worst record I think it is in in all of MLS, at least joint third worst anyway. 11th spot, 10 points, two wins, four draws, four losses. And thankfully, we were playing them and not Toronto in the Voyagers Cup soon. Look, let, let's have a look at the games that's coming up in the, the next little period for the Whitecaps. I'm going to call this episode of the show Football's Coming Home because the Whitecaps are coming home. Very much so, actually. If you look at their next spell of games, there's only one game where they're they're on the road for weeks, which is the the Montreal second leg, but we, we kick things off at home on Saturday, back to BC Place. Bono has apparently found what he's looking for now, and he has <laughs> it's left. a world tour. Yeah, so he's he's vacated the premises. Um, That's crazy how they like this is their first stop, so this is where they just practice for the whole yeah, tour. I, what I'm really confident, though, of is I'm pretty sure the crowd against Kansas City on Saturday is going to be a bumper crowd because I still think there's some folk outside BC Place <laughs> waiting to get in. And they're going to open the gates and they're like, yay, we're in for Bono. And then they'll be disappointed that it's not TFC we're playing. That, if TFC were coming on Saturday, you could Bono. have marketed the whole Bono yeah. thing again. It's Bono's just a back. missed opportunity by MLS. Bono's back, yeah. 
Yeah, that was shocking. I don't know. I saw some of the tweets and some yeah. of the social media. It was just I don't like, understand that. Like, TSS of, came and just walked straight in. <laughs> part, <laughs> part of me was just like, uh, part of me was like, okay, are these people just showing up like, Right when Mumford and Sons was supposed to play, and they just expected to to walk well, in. Well, to be honest, or, I think if you missed Mumford and Sons, BC Place were doing you a favor because you, you don't like them. I don't like them. Oh, but they they. I, you I talk saw, about me playing dirges. No, they. Well, they that I will wait for you song. People were joking like they were playing that for the, <laughs> the people standing outside BC Place. Um, it was shocking though. Yeah. Like to see some of the pictures of like just like thousands of people. It's kind. Of, it's kind of worrying. Like to be serious, it's yeah. kind of worrying if we're going to start hosting more big soccer games here, World Cup things like that. If things like this can happen, and I understand why they're doing it, and I am all for taking touts out of like ticket resales yeah. because nothing has pissed me more off over the years when you're you can't get tickets for shows and then you see them immediately coming up tragically hips a good one i wanted to get one for my wife got one in the end but it's it was crazy that those tickets were up for resale within minutes so i do admire bc place for trying to put something in place to stop it but when you've got a packed crowd like Sixty. Is that the reason why the holdup? Yeah, it's because of the, the new procedures. Because you had to have credit card entry, so you had to have the credit card that you bought the tickets with to go. So a friend of mine, she was going, but she was working till four, and her husband was off, so he was going to go down early and stand in line. But they were worried that something would happen that they would try and check to see if he had his credit card, and then he wouldn't, and they'd kick him out of line. So I don't even I haven't spoken to her yet to know if she even got in. But that, that was why it was ticket card uh-huh. entry. But then I it was, it was such the... a shambles, they apparently opened it and they didn't even check anyone's tickets. Yeah, yeah. So we could have piled down after the TSS exactly. game and got into the concert. I, when I saw that on social media, I was just like, wait, this is are you? This is real? That people just walked in without tickets? Like that would have that yeah. been fun. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I love you too. I, I, I know people. Really like the early stuff I do know particular. people who do that at football matches around the world. Yeah. You just get in the big crowd and you all just go well, in. Well, in, in Scotland, when I was growing up, they used to open the gates at half time. And then, because folk would go to the bars across the road and have a drink, and then they would just come back in and they would never check tickets. Wow. So at the East Fife games, because we're obviously miserly Scots, they, they would open the gates at half time and all these folk would come in that had been in the pub for the first half, and they would just come in and watch the second half. Wow. No, uh, I thought it, I, I I didn't know that it was, that was the issue. I thought it was more like bag checks and frisking and all that. kind Well, of, there was part of that as well. But um, you're, uh, the, the thing that's I didn't get frisked at the TSS game. I have to speak to to Colin and Willie about that. Yeah, you, you there was no frisking. Um, it, I I don't know what time the stadium opened, but the one nice thing five thirty you were told to get there for. And what time was the first act on? Because you two got seven, on seven thirty. You two was on at nine thirty. Yeah, right. Nine twenty, and some people were still end. outside. Is that correct? I think everyone had pretty much got in. Oh, okay. But hopefully, there's a big crowd. Because it was one of the nice things about, for example, when the Women's World Cup was here. I, 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 I want to say I'm, I'm pretty. Sh- if my memory's correct on this, they opened the stadium, and it's supposed to an hour before the game. I think it was two hours before the game. So you, there was like no excuse to not get in. I think you might be right. But initially, in the group games, there was the double headers as well, so folk weren't coming in. Right. Like right for the second game because they were coming in early. But it was it was so nice. I mean, I, I like to go in early, watch warm up yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I I really but enjoyed. I, that. I mean, I, I know people are are on the edge of their seat at midnight listening to us <laughs> talking about ticket and problems at BC Play. So let, let's get back to Whitecaps chat. SKC Sporting Kansas City 
coming to BC Place on Saturday. One thing I want to say is, you might have seen this on AFTN, you might have seen it on the Whitecap Supporters Facebook page, and there'll be stuff on the Whitecaps website about it this coming week as well. Unfortunately, the Whitecaps lost one of their own just over a week ago. Former residency guy, Travis Selji, tragically killed in a car crash in Cloverdale. He's going to be honoured at the game. Uh, The Whitecaps will reveal a little bit more, as I won't go into the details of exactly what's going to happen in that regard. But they're going to invite his Surrey United teammates to the game. And the fans have organised a minute of applause when the clock hits 35. We need to get this nailed down, whether it's going to be the 35th minute, which we start obviously at 34, or when the hits 35 because 35 I, was his his shirt number right with the, the under 16s I, I really you know this is what we usually do when we honor like a past player is we we do it for two minutes so if it's for example Alain Rochat we would start that would solve all the problems right so you start you start so when the third fourth minute starts so that's at when it, the clock reads three zero zero, and you go until four fifty nine. so you go for like a full two minutes uh, and that yeah the other thing about, uh, yeah, I, I know some people will sing probably too. I know I think Chris Gorgon has said on Twitter like he wants to sing. You know, he's one of our own, yeah. which is a very uh, fitting fitting song. As he was a part of our he residency was, he, with the residency for a couple of years, left them after the under sixteen season, went to Surrey United, was captain of their team, did well, yeah. won a championship with them. Tragic loss. He, he's in our thoughts, and it's going to be a very emotional game on Saturday. Segwaying from that now to talk about the game. It's always difficult when you've got a moment like that in a game as to what it does to the players during the game. You hope it's going to lift them. Um, we don't, we can't go into exactly what else the Whitecaps are going to do to honour it, but he's going to be in their, their thoughts and hopefully it will lift the Caps to a good performance. It's, it's a very testing game. Yeah, You've got the third place team in the West... They've kind of recovered their form from a few few seasons ago. Do you go with another unchanged lineup? We've we've got some guys on Twitter asking us about that. At Whitecap Scarf, do you want to go with the the same lineup, or would you make some changes? Bearing in mind that a couple of days later, you've got on Tuesday night at BC Place Montreal coming for the first leg of the Voyagers Cup semi final. Yeah, I think going back to what you first said, yeah, it'll be interesting. To see what what like I, I don't know how much this will impact the first team players, right? I, I'm, I'm and I don't know. Maybe some of them had re, you know a relationship like uh, connections with the residency from hanging out or players coming up or some stuff together. So I don't know how it'll impact them on the field. Um, I think whatever is going to happen, there's you know tomorrow tomorrow there's a you know the bi monthly or whatever you know supporter front office meeting. Well, they're I think going to talk about what's going to happen as well at that and, and hear from the supporters and, and, that, and that kind of thing. But um, you, you hope it, yeah, it's just, uh, it's more, it's not for the, the tribute is not for the players on the pitch, right? It's for this young man's family and his friends and yeah, those who will be there to just help them know that um, he, the community cares, you know, the community, uh, that's behind this club cares and uh, wants to just honor him in this tragic loss of life. So I, 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 I don't see that. I, 
I ho- hopefully that doesn't have take away from any focus for the players. I don't think it will. They're all professionals. They've all dealt with kind of different these kind of different types of things uh, in their careers, or some of them will have anyways. Um, and yeah, in terms of the game itself, you know, you're right. It is a real test because Kansas City has been a team that has, I think, is a is one of those teams that's been together for a while. Feels like you know, not not the whole squad because MLS squads are always changing, but the 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 way that Peter Vermeers brings them together uh, and has them play, and they're so they like grind you, like they are so. I think they're one of the teams that like practices tactical fouling the most in a game. Like they wear you down. Um, and they will be, you know, for example, like I think they will be hyper focused on wh- they'll, they'll, in their preparations, they'll choose like, they'll choose, um, like, let's say last year, they would have chosen our right back and they would have said, we're going to attack on the right because Vancouver's weak this year on their right. Now this year, lots of people are suggesting that we're probably stronger on our right than on our left, so maybe that's where they'll attack. Um, but they're just like they—they they always come with a very intentional like game plan, and a lot of that is, um, isn't how they literally how they foul you. I, I forget the, I forget what the stats say, but I, th- I think it was last year. I don't know if it was at the end of the year or midway through the year. Like they were like the team that fouled people the most, or something like that. Like it was. They're very. They have this approach to the game that is set on breaking up a team's flow of play, and they do it very, very well. And they they do it in such a way so that they get away with it. They don't get a lot of. Um, they don't get a lot of you know yellow cards for cynical fouls and stuff like that. Um, or, or or, and maybe this will change this year because of the the thrust given to referees. But um, they don't get a lot of cards for accumulation from my memory at least in the games that we've had against them i i just i, I don't know if it'll be the same lineup again or not kc might prove a, a a tougher test and we talked about it before is this lineup the kind of lineup you want when you're at home and you're meant to be entertaining it's a it's a tricky one would you bring a different formation? Would you bring different personnel in? Do you keep Chani, Laba, and Jacobson in the team? Yeah, so this is a, this will be interesting to see what happens. Because unlike last week, I'm probably more open to changes because it's a seven, eight days where we have three games. So I don't think, I don't think like some maybe have felt in previous seasons or previous campaigns that the Wednesday night Voyager's Cup match is a throwaway or is just for guys who aren't playing that much or whatever. I think there's, especially having done so well in Montreal already once this year, I really think they want to they wanna go for it. Well, Greg Petrie on Twitter, at Our Dumb World, he, he wants to know how seriously do we feel that the Caps will take the Voyager's Cup this year because there's no Tier 2 first-round match this time. I mean, you're... you're basically playing a Tier 2 team in Montreal. It's like if there was relegation from the East, they'd be going down to the NASL or the USL. So it's, it's close to being a Tier 2 team. You are playing a club that's struggling in MLS. And we'll, we'll fully preview this in, in next week's show. But their focus is clearly going to be on getting up the table. So I think Montreal is going to play a very weakened team. 
The white caps, I think we'll see a lot more of the fringe guys coming out for that on Tuesday, which is probably going to keep the, the the changes to the starting lineup against KC to a minimum. Which is probably a fair point. But apparently, though, Jake Nerwinski is injured. He is on the, the injury report. Har sent me a message about that last night. Oh, that's awful. So if he is, then you have to think Williams is going to play Saturday. And then do we maybe bring somebody like Caden Chung in? Because you're allowed to bring in WFC2 players that are Canadian that have come through the residency. Because like last year, we couldn't play Daniel Haber, which Carl wanted to do because he hadn't come through the, the recency program. Right. So you could have So is him. Chris Serp. Is Chris, Chris Serpin could be a, a, another guy yeah. as well because he can play left back or right back. He played le- right wing today. Very talented guy. I'm yeah. just glad he's back in the scored mix. A, scored a goal. Big, big fan of Chris. Um, yeah, it, th- that will be interesting. I didn't know I didn't know about Jake yet. So that's, don't, that's, don't know how serious it is. And obviously there's over a week until the game. So that, that could help. But when you look then, if you want to give Williams a rest... Because you want to obviously then give Parker and Waston a rest as well. That's a lot of changing. Yeah. yeah. And, and, I mean, that's and tough. What's I mean, who, who do you even put in at right back if you want to then well, rest who, but if, What are you, who else are you going to play at centre back? Jacobson and Siler? Possibly. I mean, Siler's back fit again. Siler played today, centre back, which is good. Unless they suddenly sign DeWitt or something and, and do something with that. But I mean, that's probably unlikely. They can't even have Dominic Zayter because he didn't come through the, the residency, the residency right. even though he's Canadian. So, I mean, yeah. some interesting things there. We'll, we'll go into that in a lot more detail, though, next week once we see what we know some of the stuff. But let, let's look at some of the other games that's coming up. We've got, after the, the KC in Montreal things, we're at home to DC. DC was this, this weekend. DC lost 4-0 to the Philadelphia Union. I know nobody does that. Okay, we dropped points to them, but we didn't allow four... It was like, oh man, I, I. Well, I mean, DC sitting ninth in the East. They're one point above Montreal on eleven. So again, another weak team. So you're you're looking at three points. You'd expect that there. Then we're away to Montreal. It's a pisser because you're like home. Then you're flying to Montreal for a Tuesday night. Then you're flying back for a really really tough game on June third against Atlanta. Yeah. Then you've got a break for two weeks. If only the Montreal game had been yeah. after the Atlanta game, it would have been fantastic. That Atlanta game is going to be a tough one. That's going to be a real, real test. But Christian Bolanius, when I spoke to him, you can read this interview on AFTN.ca from last week. He said that we've shown that we do well against the big teams. We now just have to have consistency against all these teams. But Atlanta's going to be a big, big test. Yeah, totally. And I think it's a game people like I think it's a game some neutrals are up for because it's a new team. It's like yeah. I think there's gonna be interest And they're at, playing some great football. I really like what they've brought to the league this year. Yeah. Is it Joseph Martinez? Is that the name of the, the striker? I'm I'm mixing leagues now, maybe, but there there's there's the guy who was on fire at the beginning of the year, he's been out. I ho- I think he'll I think he's supposed that was to be well, back by well, that. Greg. No oh, oh, oh. Kyle that's Kyle. Kyle Greg. Um, he's not really on fire, though he's injured. Yeah, that's right. After then, we have a, we've got a two-week break, and then Dallas is our, our game after that. So, I mean, that's two, two tough games coming up. So, when you look at that, you have to think, you want to take the three points against DC, 
So that then makes this Casey game even more important. You have to really get your three points from that to kind of keep us in the mix of everything. How do you see it going on Saturday? I, this is, uh, again, speaking from the heart, obviously, I, I, we're at home. I want us to go out and I want us to get, I want us to get to win, right? But I, I, this is, will be a tricky game. We've had some good games against KC at home. We've had some awful games against KC at home. Obviously, last year we played them in the in the Champions League, and the lineups again were quite different, and we beat them handily, or we, or, you know, we and we beat them away as well with that great Alfonso Davies strike set up by Kyle Gregg. But uh, I think this game is going to be this is I think some part of the part of the the narrative out there right now. I think Michael, you can agree, disagree with this is is we do well against beating teams that we should. Or probably should beat, and the teams that are better than like better than us, or on paper look like they're better than us, we don't do as well against. And so I think it's, this has been the history of the Caps in MLS. Basically, that's just how we've done it for years. Yeah, with some exceptions, especially against Seattle back in the day. But I mean, you look at like we could never beat Chivas, and it always looked like we we're going to beat Chivas. Uh, well, we also smashed them four 0 too. Once it was glorious. Um, I went down for a nil-nil draw. Anyway. <laughs> oh, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not better. Uh, um, but no, I think I think this will be a real test because I think it'll, it'll show if we can kind of, if we can get a result against a team that's, I think, on a little more, up, a little more up than we are. I'm optimistic. Wait, We've, what? Yeah, I know. Wait, you're optimistic. I am, I am optimistic. Wait, you think we're going to get three points against Kansas City? I think we're going to win 2-1. Wait, that's my scoreline. Okay. <laughs> no, I, that's, that's I, awesome. I, I know. I've just blown your mind. Got a, a message here. What well, tweet? From Angus Walker at Angus Walker. He's hoping that we rest players on Saturday for the more important Canadian championship matches against Montreal. And he's just looking forward to the team getting back into the Champions League. And I think now that we have had that taste, we do want it. And with a new format of it, you've got less games. It's a lot more exciting, a lot more interesting. And I think the club will want that. But when you look at these tough games coming up after KC and after DC, you kind of have to focus, I feel, on the KC game because I really do think Montreal is going to bring a piss-poor team because you're not going to have their stars because well, well, yeah because we're there on the table that's yeah. that's probably uh, probably not far off although the other oh, no, side you could that, argue though if they exactly. brought their, their normal team they're going to bring a piss poor team no well you could also argue that they'll use the cup as a as a way to to boost their morale and boost their form um we've seen that from montreal in the past for sure uh, i think i think you're right though they, they're gonna they're gonna focus uh, unlike uh, Angus or whatever his name is, sorry, Ang- Angus Ang- Angus Walker. Angus Walker. Are the, uh, I think un- unlike what Angus Walker would would like, I think they're going to focus on this one because it's the next game, and two because there's going to be significant. Like I would say, no less than four changes to the side that plays on Tuesday. Interesting. I I don't know. I for for Saturday, I I feel we may have. Two fresh faces. I think we might go to four two three one. 
That to me, that's going to be the most interesting. Thing, is do we stay with this four one four one or whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I, I I don't think Shea is ready to go from the start either because when you see him at training, he's still a little bit hobbly. That's not good. No, I know we're, we're playing a guy that's maybe not a hundred percent fit. And he's that's scoring. speculation. And he's scoring from me and Har, but that's speculation. So. When, when Nathan's listening to this, when I see him next week, he's go. he's not injured. He's just, quote-unquote, hobbly. He's just hobbly. No, maybe that's just, uh, I mean, that's just how he runs. It, c- it could be. But, I mean, he's scoring, so let, let's keep yeah. hobbly break. So No, that, that, that to me, that will be one of the most interesting things is to see, is it formationally and tactically similar to what we've seen these last four games or different? And... I think tactically it won't it will it won't be that different because I think we've been playing you know uh, with a lot of uh, we've been playing with more possession than we have previously. We even broke fifty percent this time uh, against Houston. I think that kind of and uh, I think I think more, more possession wise will will be similar. We'll be playing. We maybe, have to get some service to to Montero to- though. Totally. So he's I, just. He's I on an island. He's on a tropical. Yeah. He, think, he thinks Vancouver is a tropical island. Yeah. Um, well, we're, we're in a rainforest. <laughs> That's how I was sold this place when I moved here. You move into a rainforest. Oh, awesome. Who told you that? My wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, I was, I was expecting parrots everywhere. Right. And and you got instead... I got a cockatoo. Okay. I... Uh, I should have seen that one coming. Um, That's what I said. (laughs) Anyway, let's wrap this segment up. So we're both confident that we're going to win against KC. Well, I'm less confident than you, which is crazy. Which is crazy. You're always so pessimistic. I've been out in the sun a lot today. (laughs) That maybe that's what it is. I I know. I I I hope we go after it, and I hope we I, I hope we beat Kansas City. I agree with you. It'll be like a 2-1, 3-1, 3-2 kind of game. And we're going to go 4-2-3-1 is my prediction. Definitely one change. I think we're going to probably lose... Tony? Tony. Maybe Jacobson. In place of a Because they might want to keep Jacobson as a key player for the game yeah. on Tuesday. So they might have Laba and Chani. And then it's whether they go with Mosquita as a 10. I don't think they're going to because I Alfonso. think they're going to save him for Tuesday. And then they might put Bola and then have Alfonso in the wing. But keep Teixeira there as well. Yeah. So you can let us know if you think we're talking nonsense. We kind of usually are. So we will be back with some more chat after these messages. Hello. You're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Broadcasting from the unceded Musqueam Territory on the University of British Columbia. Elmo says, listen to AFTN. Thanks, Elmo, for that. That was, that was really nice of him to, to pop into the, the studio here. I wonder what, what was going on under the, the desk. Turns out it was Elmo. Anyway, as Elmo said, we're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. I told you I've had a lot of sun today. You are looking very red. Yeah, I am. I have honestly been out in the sun too much. I I don't remember a season that's been as bad as this with injuries. We've had bad injuries, yeah. but for so many and so many key guys, 
for the MLS team, for the USL team, to be out at the same time is kind of crazy, really. Yeah, it's and, and there such so many key players, and then it's like not just the key players, but then you have a bunch of players who like would step in for the yes. key players, and it's like injured too, like yeah. Christian Dean. You yeah. would expect him to see time coming up soon, but oh, injured yeah. again. But don't worry, because to to help with all these injuries, the Whitecaps made a new signing this week. <laughs> Bernie Ibini. Bernie's in, except Bernie's not in, because Bernie's injured as well. He came pre-injured. Yeah, and I think it was Van City Villa Duncan Nicol. It was. He sent me a message during the week that had said, fantastic, we're cutting out the middle man, yeah. we're just signing injured players now. It's kind of awkward because yeah. don't like usually transfers not go down when you when well, a guy's like, not I know fit. in the UK you you've got to do your you got to pass test, the medical, but you don't have transfer windows the same right. kind of way. Well, you kind of do, but do we know? Is it public? Do, do we have to pay a transfer fee? Because supposedly the his Australia Sydney Sydney FC was he was on loan. He was on loan, but to the Aussies they publicly made overtures that they wanted to bring him in on a permanent deal. Yes. So I'm, I'm assuming we have, because it hasn't said it's a loan deal, and we've got an option for him next year as well, so it's not just a loan. And we don't know how long he's injured for either. Could be a couple two, of weeks. Two to ten weeks or something. I think Robbo said a couple of weeks, so he said that for Jordi Reyna, so we might maybe have him out for four months, who knows. But, I mean, the Aussies said ten weeks, one of the, the Aussie reports. Is it a they, they They are ahead of us, though. They're ahead so, of us, yeah, right? So yeah. it's not going to be as long as ten weeks. Yeah. Or is it going to be longer? I don't know. Yeah. What 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 is his issue? Is it a hamstring? I believe it is. He missed the grand final, which oh. I th- I thought was Aussie football as opposed to soccer. But I thought it was tennis. Oh, it's grand slam. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, so we've had some questions on Twitter from Whitecap Scarf about this. You know, when are we going to see Bernie? When are we going to see Sam? Are they eligible? Uh, they are both, from what we understand, are eligible. So Sam's yeah. Robbo has said publicly. They can play. Yeah, Robbo said publicly that Sam is available once the English season is done. Which it is, right? But you could technically argue the English season isn't done till the playoffs are finished, which would be the end of May. Okay, well, his English but club clubs is are done. clubs are already releasing yeah. players yeah. and signing players and yeah. so forth. So, but the, the loan's done. He is now a white cap. Right. It's whether he wants to remain a white cap. Jordan Harvey. We haven't really talked about him. Big fan of Jordan. Love is new to two. But safe to say, he is not having a good season. We saw it in Houston. Just when balls are coming at the box, he is struggling, and he's not showing the offensive part of his game that we saw a couple of years ago. That when he did have some defensive blunders, you're like, "Well, that's okay," because look, he's he's tearing forward yeah. now. He's not really contributing that much. In like like it sort of intimated earlier. Uh, he he seems it seems like he has kind of been the place the left back position is where other teams are attacking us like it's whether it's attacking on that side or like you said uh, putting balls into the box to hit to his side um, that's where the, the first Houston goal came from right uh, yeah I don't think and you're right I, I agree with you I love Jordan Jordan's a great guy he's done a lot. Uh, for the club in his time here, and he is one of those people who I think really, <laughs> to answer to, an- to answer like a Mark Weber question, I think he, or a Mark Weber question to um, oh, man, 
to one our owner there, or twenty six percent owner. Uh, oh, Mallet. Jeff Mallet. Matt. <laughs> he knows what it is to be a white cap. Um, no, I don't think anyone would question that. But um, I think the the performances this year haven't been like I think you previously you talked to Rubble and Rubble would say he's been my best player like the last uh, last year or two. Well, he was player of the year last year. Oh, literally. There yeah. you go. Okay. Is that voted on or is that? Yeah. Okay. I think I, media I, and players voted him player of the year. I forgot about that. Um, uh, yeah. We talked to Rubble last year and he said that many, many times publicly. So, um, he, yeah, he's contributed lots. But, it, yeah, this has been, an, I, I don't think, an easy season for him. And it, and it has been... It's been weird because he has been pushed before. He's lost battles with he lost a battle with Sam a few years ago when Sam first signed uh, after Sam's first preseason. Um, but he hasn't like he has no one pushing him right now because Sam has been gone and now he's back and injured. Brett's out for a while, so it's going to be interesting to see what develops. There. Christian has played there a little bit. He's injured. Um, it's going to be really you know Marcel can play there, but it's he's more of an attacking attacking player as opposed to a defensive player. I do think we'll see De Jong though as left back in the, the, the Voyagers Cup. Game, yeah. The Voyagers Cup, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Um, yeah, the injuries have been have been crazy. So so again, both Sam and um, Bernie are available as far as we understand, but neither is fit to play. So you won't be seeing them. Well, I don't know if I'd say anytime soon, but probably not for a little while. Two weeks at the least? Yeah, let, let's just say two weeks. I mean, Sam's still rehabbing uh, from his hamstring injury. It's a, it's a nagging one that's just not going away, which is why he's back here to begin with. But it's also not like torn. He hasn't torn anything. or No, it's just he, he just keeps feeling uh, a bit of a pain in it. And yeah. yeah, they're just trying to get to the bottom of it. But he was out training, doing laps and stuff this week. So hopefully... He'll be available. Hopefully, he wants to to still play here, and we'll, we're just going to see what happens with that. So, if Sam does come back before he does, do you think he'll see some time with WFC two to get him kind of match fit? See, that's a tricky one because he should, but will he want to? Because he he can he can refuse, right? It's not really going to be in his best interest to. Annoy the the coach that's wanting you to to do that. To me, he should because he needs to get these minutes. Matt, he needs to play. I ask and you, it's, it's a good level. I I understand what you're saying in terms of how you think he would respond to that, but this is not a hey, you're not playing minutes in the first team. Go play the second team. This is you're coming back from injury that's kept you out for a long time. Exactly. You need match fitness. Please go play in the second team or go play in the second team or, or whatever. Because I, I mean, we we talked about it in the past when players it appeared didn't take the coaches, didn't take Robbo's uh, offer of getting minutes in the second team. And and I, I know that that was not received well amongst most yes. of the supporters. Yes. But but we'll see what happens. If he's back playing in games and then we know that he's available, it's a question that I'll, I'll broach with Robbo. Now, we, we're talking about WFC2. Let's quickly mention them. Fantastic win for them today. 3-1. And it's good you're telling people because I don't think anyone saw it live. 410 people was the official attendance. <laughs> but you were speaking to somebody that was there. Yeah, it was. Who doesn't think it was 410. Well, the, 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 I heard that there was less people there than at the last game at UBC. And the last, the, when the dogs were there. Yeah. And you remember how few people were there that day. 
But they they did count the dogs, so it was okay. No, but I think they counted the legs of the dogs as well. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think that was a that was more on tickets sold or whatever. But yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's that's just how things work here. But now, I've been having an interesting chat with Steve today. Coughing, Steve Bender. Yeah, God rest his soul. Obviously, it was it was written because he couldn't he couldn't string a sentence together without coughing. So he we were just like messaging back and forward. I've gone on a lot about the WFC2 attendance and how poor it is. The three games that they've played at UBC so far this season, all just over the 400 mark. I think it's going up every game. I think it was 403 to 407 to to 410. So we're, we're gaining people every game. And they're winning. So hopefully that will do that. The next game in two weeks' time is going to be in Langley. It's Mutts and McLeod oh, right, yeah. on the 28th. 28th. I know a huge dog lover that you are. Oh, I, I don't mind dogs. Yeah, I did hear you telling somebody, though, that you don't believe they should be in a house. No, I, for me personally, I don't want to live in a house with a dog. I'd love to. If I had a yard, yeah, I'd have I'd have a dog. If I had an acreage or a farm or a large, like a significant-sized lot, I'd, I'd love to have a dog that lived outside. I don't know With a you, nice little house, a warm house. But when we were in Central Portland, heating, I don't know if you heard the conversation that we had with Kirk. Um, <laughs> oh, he no. said to me <laughs> that our dog, Bailey, Predictor Pooch, was his second favorite dog. And then he quickly followed that up by saying, I've only ever met two dogs. No, that's not true. <laughs> and I want, to, I want to know why. No, Who was this first dog? No, okay. And so my son won't listen to this, but he is a little bit more f- fearful of dogs. As was I when I was a kid. Yeah. He, as a, now I go around fields in BC taking pictures of them at football matches. Yeah. So he, so like with, even with Bailey, you could, I don't know if you saw, he was a little bit hesitant. But he then, was. But then once he gets to know him and yeah. realized, okay, the dog's not going to bite his hand, then he's, he's okay. He's a big soft lump. <laughs> I'm not saying what I'm talking about, Bailey or, or Kirk there. But back to, back to attendances. So WFC2, not great attendance wise. And I have been going on about, is Vancouver a soccer city? They should be coming out to watch this team and then focusing. We don't want to go to UBC. Everyone hates UBC. Nobody wants to go to, to games at UBC. I'll admit, it's got to the stage I can't be bothered coming to games at UBC. And I didn't go to today's <laughs> game because I was at the Provincial A Cup final. But otherwise, I would have been here. But right. then Steve was doing a bit of research about in England, in the under-23 league there for the, for the premiership teams... And the league average this season is 533. The league average over the five years previously has been 508 to 633. So we're not actually doing too bad compared to that. And part of that, the attendances for that are a little bit inflated because Man United draw 1,800 a game. They're the highest in the division. Stoke City draw 135 average a game, thus proving that nobody wants to go and watch football on a, on a wet night in Stoke. Okay, but I hear what you're saying, and I, I hear the perspective that you're coming from, and I think it's legitimate. However, I, th- I think this partially has to do with the expectations set out for this, right? So Yeah, but it's I- just why I think it should be more, because we're talking initially about going to New West. And it was a three or 5,000-seater, and we are going to fill that. And then the first couple of games at UBC, we had a couple of thousand. And, yeah, the expectations were high, 
Well, that but that's the thing, though. This was not being, for lack of a better term, sold as those U23 sides are in England, where this is just a like a second team of guys who, you know, are hopefuls or like all projects. This is this has been sold as kind of like it's supposed to be its own kind of secondary. Like it's supposed to be. If I can put it bluntly, it's it's sold as something like you should want to pay for when really it doesn't feel that way. But to be honest, if the White Cup suddenly said, look, all, all games are free admission, I don't think we would be getting many more folk out. You, you, okay, you might be Maybe right. a bunch of Scots that, that come along, but apart from that. You, well, I, I wouldn't disagree at UBC, maybe. Because I, it, I mean, even driving, even we're at UBC right now, right? Like even, even getting, like getting here, you know, from most places, even in the middle yes. of night when there's no traffic, it takes an hour, right? Oh, I was just over twenty minutes. It was fantastic. Yeah, well, from Langley, it takes an hour. It takes an hour to get here, right? With no well, traffic, you will live in the interior. Yeah, exactly. But no, I mean, lots of folk have said, move the team to Langley, move the team to Surrey, and there has been rumours that. There is a group in Surrey that are interested in bringing a or building a, a modular soccer stadium. Really? Yes, and it's whether that group is to try and attract WFC two. Could it be possibly to try and attract a Canadian PL team, or just for local things? Well, that would be interesting. I obviously would much rather be for a Can- for a Canadian. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, I, I I don't think though I don't. And this is perspective. This I, and we've talked about this a little bit before. I don't think they, I think they're uh, the Whitecaps attempt to try and move the team as you as you reported on this off season was them saying we don't want this at the cost that it's costing us. We think we can develop, even though it goes against some very specific things they've said in the past. We feel we can do this if it's in another city that's not in the local community. And the, the, to be honest, they probably could. The big stumbling block you have is how... Because the team's meant to be there to get first-team players' minutes. And you saw it in the game today. Ben yep. McKendry, Marco Bustos, Cole, Cole Seiler. They were all playing. Spencer Ritchie's had a lot of minutes so far this year. And Jake Nowinski's had an appearance in the team. Kyle Gregg as well. Before he was injured on, on this really, really long injury list. But those guys... You can't suddenly fly them to Calgary to to just get a couple of minutes. Well, you can, but it's not ideal. Well, that's why that's why I said it goes against some of the things they've yeah. said in the past because they've said, "Oh, this is the perfect setup. We're all together. You know, we're at we're at you know." And the, the UBC, new training center, the new be training, training center. Here and let's be honest, UBC. And again, I don't say this to to be negative, but UBC was never their first choice. For, oh, a train, no. for, the, for a training the, center. It was obviously. It was kind of like yeah. the last choice. Burnley Bay Lake was really mentioned, which I really, really wish I'd gone ahead because I'm just five minutes away. Right. Which is why I go and watch so many games there. Yeah. So this was never their ideal location. Now they're stuck here. Now everything has to be here. And it's not good for. The, it's not good for drawing supporters for no, the second but team. But what I will say is the facility that they've built here. Is spectacular. It should be finished in July, right? And that and that will get you how many supporters out? But it's like is that the most important thing? 
But to, well, to to them, it, to them, it's that's important. Yeah, the financial part of it is hugely important. But they would honestly would they would they have tried to move the team if it wasn't about finances? Probably not. No, it was all it was all but about. Then finances. you also have the fact that they are considering bringing a NWSL team to Vancouver, right? And it's like you can't really have two loss leading teams because that team for for all that focus say. Oh, look what the women draw. That's Canada national team once in a blue moon. Right. A sustainable season of women's league football, you're not going to be packing out BC Place. But then you have, and, and I don't know if they were encouraged to do this, but if you went to, and I believe you were there, at the quote-unquote town hall this year, you had people stand up and say, you know, our 3,000-girl football club would be stoked if you had a women's team and they all be there as much as possible. As much as possible. Now, that no, could be like, a couple of games a season. That's the problem. You will have folk... It depends if they get a marquee player or two. Obviously, someone like Christine Sinclair would come. You'd pack it out. But, but she's she not, basically she, said she wouldn't She's not come. coming. No. no. Portland's her, like, second home. Yeah. Or, like, it's our new home. Burnaby's where she's yeah. from and grew up, whatever. But Plus, there's a lot, then, of pressure on yes. her. Whereas she hasn't got as much playing in the States. Right. I, yeah, I, so you, you lose her, and then you think, well, who else are the the big marquee players you could bring? Rian Wilkinson's it, retired, and I would I wouldn't the be tanks gone. I wouldn't be surprised if if their like their decision making on that team was tied to whether or not they knew ahead of time if they could bring someone like Sinclair in. So I could see them saying, if we have a Sinclair for two years. Let's do it. Yeah. If I mean, we know, I, if we know we have no chance of it, maybe we don't do it. When I first that, got and this wind is all speculation. In, yeah, when I first got wind of it in January, I was initially told it was a done deal, and then speaking to the caps, they said far from being a done deal, it's just in, in, something they're looking at. Yeah, it's something that they're looking at, and they're just kind of in the exploratory phase just now. Um, it, it's it's tough to say. But you're right. I they would definitely not want to. Money losing sides no. on their books. No. And the residency loses money as well because they put plowing over a million into that. Or, or yeah, oh, yeah. Definitely over a million. Yeah. Probably a million and a half or more. And and they and, and they do their best they can to write stuff off for that, right? They, they, yeah. the whole white ha- caps- well, you have to start getting a return. It's like some of the tweets we've got from like Greg Petrie and White Cap Scarf and that they're saying. Like one of the questions was, who is the next homegrown signing going to be? I tell you, if Gloria Amanda keeps going the way he's going, he's yeah, he's no got good. a shot. Two goals in two games, his first two pro goals. I want to say a huge congratulations to, to Glory for that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sidetracked there. Who's like, the next? Yeah, who, who's the next signing? And it's like, does it matter? Because are they going to get minutes? You, you have to think the game that's coming up against Montreal is going to be heavy, homegrown talent. McKendry will play. Bustos will play. If he keeps healthy, which hopefully... He is going to. And then you can bring some of the residency talent up from the WFC2 team. But then you're going to have to play... Like, Mosquito has to play minutes at some point. Davies, as a Canadian, you have to think he's going to start that game. What's the rule? Is it three players? We have to have three Canadians, right? This year in the Voyagers Cup, there's a new rule, right? Is it just three? I, get, I have got six in my head, but of course that's because that's the yeah. USL rules. But Well, then, um, yeah, they had six today. Yeah. I think it's three on the pitch at all times, I think. Oh, yes, it is, because it has to be on oh, the pitch at yeah, all times. Yeah. Yeah. So, you have to have so that's subs. why you need a heavy yeah. WFC2 stroke residency bench. Yeah. Glory Amanda 
is likely to be involved in that, I would have to say. That would be great for yeah. him. He's, he's I mean, I'd love, to, I'd love to see Kyle, I'd love well. to see Kyle Gregg if he's fit, but a, a Glory also Yeah, because be... this year he can play, because yeah. the plan last year, Robo had wanted to play Kyle Gregg and Sam DeWitt to have a look at them, and then he wasn't allowed to. Right. Oh, in the Voyager's Cup, right. Yeah. yeah. He'd actually told me before he travelled for the first game that they were going to be playing. And then it was like, oh, no, they can't. I'm not allowed to play them yeah. because they were going back and forth with the CSA. It was a complete shambles. But attendances, WFC 2. I mean, we saw TSS Rovers at the weekend, Friday night. I'm saying there was between six and 700 there. They haven't actually counted the attendance yet because it was a little well, bit... I think they didn't scan everyone in. Yeah, it was a little bit shambolic. So they have to count ticket sales and stuff. Um, stats aren't 100% accurate either because I was doing those during the commentary and that's very hard to do. Anyone that's been listening to this knows multitasking and me, not not a good mix. <laughs> also not knowing that the opposing team head coach and the referee had to sign off the stats at the end of the game didn't help me well, no pressure. as I'd kept a tally sheet and nope. hadn't actually entered anything onto a computer. No, no pressure. No, no pressure at all. I'm not doing it for the next game. That's a good idea. Yeah. But we'll talk a little bit about TSS Rovers and just wrap this show up in a couple of minutes. But before we get to that, it is our, stroke my, favourite part <laughs> of, of the show. It's our wavelength section of the show. Someone to wake us up or put us to sleep? What no, you'll, you'll like this one. This one was selected by Steve. But oh, this re- one? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. it's, a, it's a really good song. It's called I Was a Goalkeeper by John Mouse. From his 2014 album, The Death of John Mouse. Wow. Something from the last decade. Yeah, this a is couple crazy. of years old. I, I'm like stunned I'm even doing this. So let's play that now. I Was a Goalkeeper by John Mouse. <laughs> Oh, 
are friends. We are. John Mouse there with I Was a Goalkeeper. Excellent song. Welsh artist. Has links with the fantastic Welsh band Lost Campesinos. So check out his other stuff. That's from his fourth album from 2014, The Death of John Mouse. That would have been a whole different kind of Stuart Little. The Death of Stuart Little. Stuart Little 5, The Death of Stuart Little. So Steve chose it because he's a goalkeeper, right? And he likes mice. Oh, he likes mice? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and gerbils. But let's less said about that, the better. I had, to, I had guinea pigs when I was in Scotland. Mr. Porky. My uh, my nephew and niece have two guinea pigs. Now. Loved Mr. Porky. I keep telling them we're going to eat them. <laughs> oh, right. You are sacked. <laughs> it's a, as a joke to, that's a joke to them. Here, here's my tip for naming pets. In Scotland, when you go to the vet, they call you by your pet's name. What? Hmm. So, like, if I was taking Bailey, they would go, Bailey, and then I would go in with oh, Bailey. Oh, the vet. Yeah, yeah okay. the vet. Yeah, yeah, okay. Not a good idea when your guinea pig is called Mr. Porky. And then <laughs> the pretty assistant comes out and goes, Mr. Porky. <laughs> and, you're like, and then I say, that's me. Hey, hey. Yeah. You live and you learn. Yeah, I mean, th- this show is so educational. I, Guinea I pigs are great pets. They are. Yeah. I, I love them. I had another one called Tanner as well. Anyway, because he was black and tan. Tanner, that's a good name. Okay. also had a, a bunny called Boo. She died. Actually, they're all dead now, but still. Boo-hoo. Oh. <laughs> I think folk are probably wanting us to wrap this show up now. It is 12.55. Just have to read this tweet before we go from at Spiceboy1. He wants to bring in Sporty Spice, keeping the, the Spice Girls theme for this show. He says that should pack the crowd in for WFC2. Is she going to play or is this for what? I, I Sporty Spice, I always liked. Melanie Chisholm. There you go. Yeah. So that is pretty much it for the show. Just a few things we want to wrap up just before we go. I want to say a huge congratulations to Club Inter winning the Provincial A Cup today against Aldergrove United. We touched on it earlier in the show. TSS Rovers, their next home game is on Friday night. Calgary Foothills coming to town, good Canadian derby. 7 o'clock at Swan Guard. Everyone that I've spoken to that was at the game on Friday night uh, against Lane United had a fantastic time. It was very enjoyable. There was smoke. There was abuse of the goalkeepers. There was changing ends at half time. There was moving things behind the goal for penalty kicks. Some really good football on display as well. Zach Verhoeven was absolutely fantastic, I felt, for, for TSS Rovers. Great, great performance, great name. It is. Uh, no relation to Noah either that played for, right. yeah. for the Whitecaps. But Zach, Zach Verhoeven's a, a UBC guy, and he had a fantastic game. Christian Ely Heitenen as well. The big centre forward. He could be a fantastic story. Two weeks ago, playing in the Richmond Summer League. Now two goals in two games at the PDL level. I'm really interested to see how he performs with a whole summer of full-time training. You have to kind of hope that the Whitecaps are watching some of these guys. Watching him, watching Connor Hildebrand in in particular. I didn't see anyone from the Whitecaps there. They, they can watch the stream, oh, right, which, of right. course, is brought to you by AFTN. Right. I'm the colour commentator. Gideon Hill is the commentator. And we're bringing you the white... No, we're not bringing you white cats commentary all season. We're bringing you TSS Rovers commentary yeah. all season long. 
So check that out on YouTube. And if you can get along to the game on Friday night, get along. Ten bucks to get in. Fantastic night's entertainment. It was, it was a really it was a really good experience. Like yeah, you had, I kind of really wish I was down the pitch because it looked a lot of fun was going on. Yeah, there. you had like, well, it was like if it, it felt like it, there was a bit of a mix. It was felt like there was a few people who were like nostalgic for what they'd experienced at Swanguard back in the day, and then it was like a, probably a bigger group of people who like wished that they were at Swanguard yeah. back in the day and they were reliving some things that they knew or had seen or whatever. So it was, and it was like it was a. Will Silver described it. It was like a, it was like a class reunion, right? Because it was like you were connecting with all these people either you haven't seen in a while. Even or Ben Massey was there. Ben Massey was was great. Uh, you um, you were connecting with people who you're like, oh, okay. Do you still go to the first, like, do you still go to Whitecaps games? Oh, where do you sit? Oh, where where do you, you know, who do you hang out with? Or you know, where are you at now? Oh, okay, you don't go. Why don't you go? Well, you know, what is your story? It was just kind of like it was good to connect with a with a, a whole bunch of different different people. The the football I thought was not was I was I was happy with the level of football. The, the biggest thing I noticed was, and again TSS has had these guys for what four or five weeks. Yeah, so it's not a lot of and time. And some guys had just come in exactly just a couple of days before the the first game. Exactly. So it felt like a little like this. The first half was it was kind of like lightning. Like yeah, like Zach Verhoven was like he was dancing around guys. Yeah. He was like on fire. Um, they people, tired a little. Yeah, everyone felt like they tired a little bit. Last 15 minutes, they were kind of holding on once it yeah. went to 2-2. But they got the first point now. They're only on minus two. Yeah, and that's the other thing. So, like, the other thing has been nice is the TSS guys have held up their hands and say, hey, we got this wrong. Like, there was no, like, there was no trying to hide behind, like, hey, no one told us we had to we had to do this. Yeah. They, they mentioned that, that we didn't fully understand. But there's no, like, hey, this is someone else. We're going to put this on. It was like, yeah. we're going to hold up our hands. We got this wrong. We're really sorry. For, for it, anyone that's know what we're talking about, they got deducted three points because they fielded an ineligible player because he his international transfer certificate hadn't come through. Because he played at, he'd what, played Kit, at Kitsap last year. Yeah. So they missed – they didn't get a form that they were supposed to get. That was refreshing. And that ties into their whole kind of authenticity. Yeah. Like we're trying – you know, they, they're not going to hide anything. And well, it's, it is all about development. Like they're taking professional development league, literally. Yeah. You, you've got the likes of Calgary who are big on development as well. I'm not knocking Calgary at all. I want, want to make that clear. But they have a much more winning mentality. Yes. Because they got to the championship last year, they want to do it again. I think Tommy Wilden's quite an ambitious coach, so a win-loss record is important to him. And they're a great team. They've got great players. And the fighting spirit they showed to come back in that first game from three goals down, no many teams would have done that. But there's other standalone teams as well that are just in this league because they want to win. They want yeah. to win a championship. For TSS, it's all about development, having fun along the way, playing some good football, Hopefully the wins will then come from that. But, yeah, the guys are really happy with how things have been so far. Yeah. And it was it was a, it was a, a fun night of football. Some Friday night lights at Swangard is uh, is very nostalgic, and it was yeah. good times. It was like when I first moved to Vancouver, got my Whitecap season ticket for the 2008 season. I moved here October 2007 and made friends Back in Swanguard in the south side, that's still my friends today. Yourself, Johnny Monster, Chris Deal, lots of guys that we regularly read the tweets out in the, in the thing. It's just football brings people together. Yeah. 
and you make good friendships. And I really do think that a lot of people will make some good friendships by going to these TSS games. Tailgates beforehand, camaraderie during the game. Don't want to get all soppy and stuff, but it's it's a, it's a great experience. Fight the tears, Michael. And if we can get something like that for longer in the season, like a Canadian Premier League club in the lower mainland... That that would be fantastic. If it, yeah, it, it, I'm really, really starting to come around on a CPL team in the Lower Mainland, big time. Because of the first TSS game, or partly not just because of the game, but just my involvement with them yeah. and the enthusiasm for it, and going to all these provincial cup games and VMSL games and seeing the level of support in the local communities. Aldergrove packing 600 folk in for a semi-final game, and it, the team meaning so much to that local community. And it's like what non-league clubs mean in England. And I, I I thought that the league should avoid, and we talked about this last week, I thought they should avoid the MLS markets for a good few years. I'm coming round to your way of thinking now that if we can get a team in the lower mainland, I want to be a part of it. I want, I'll readily admit I want to go work for them. I want to help promote the game. Yeah. And I want to, to build something special because I think that's what this league will do. And I agree. And... I said this before, I believe, but it can't be it can't be white caps. It needs to be something yes, different. And it will be. Yeah. I'm pretty sure if there is one, it will be. And you just mentioned before we came on air about an, a good interview you heard that you want to recommend to people. Yeah, if you, uh someone who hopefully maybe we can talk on the show with at some point or um, He is in our plans, yeah. he is gonna be on soon. So Paul Byrne, the in, in inaugural hire for the CPL, uh he did a, a po- the podcast with the Soccer Central podcast with the guys from Sportsnet with James Sharman and uh, John Molinero. So if you haven't listened to their uh, May 11th uh, recording, go have a listen. He's on there for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And just really appreciate the way he talks about what he's doing, how he's doing it. And, um, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I hope so deeply that this overall for the country goes well. It's, it, it's kind of like, – it's so – it's such an exciting time. Yeah, but the, like the thing is, and again, this sounds corny, but I'm genuine with this. You do only get one chance to make a first impression. Right. You launch this badly. Right. And the perception of it across Canada with the hardcore MLS fans, the snobby Euro fans, people that just don't think it can work, disaster. And I think so. Last week, I I, I think I felt a little bit angry. Some partly anxious about only two, two teams already committed and in and there's no rush. But, but, I, but, but I was okay. Yeah. To be honest, I was thinking about this this week and, and listening to that interview. And uh, again, first off, from the interview, I think that they are going to approach it right. They are. They recognize the severity. It certainly of it. sounds like they are. And so I, I was kind of thinking about this, and I kind of actually hope that they don't do like a. I almost hope that they do a slow release. I, I really don't want them to launch it. In 2018, no, I want them no. to get it ready and not have so, just a half season. So in that interview, they asked him about that. They're like, "So you're gonna when are you gonna start? When when are we gonna kick a ball?" And he's like, "Well, we've content. We're contemplating August 2018 in the shadow of the World Cup. We think there's a number of positives there." But then he said, "But we're not tied to any dates yet. We're still figuring That's out." That's good to hear. So again, it's good to hear. And in terms of the teams, I kind of hope that there's not like one press conference and it's like. Here are the other four, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams. No, I, I hope I it's a definitely slow. Don't think it will. I, I think this two, this two at a time. I think that could be a really. 
Especially because they're not real launches either. They're not yeah. like, here's the badge, here's the kit, here's the colors. And the, Ham- the, the Ham- Hamilton thing looked fantastic. Yeah. And just the whole launch of that, everything seemed great. But we'll have that. We've got more, a lot more of this to talk about. We are going to hopefully get Paul Byrne on, on the show quite soon. And a few other guys that might have some involvement in the Canadian Premier League as well. But that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. You've been listening to There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for all your BC, Canadian and North American soccer news and links. So check that out. We're going to be working, as I said at the start of the show, with BC Soccer Web a lot moving forward, pulling resources and just spreading our love of the game and our coverage of the game to a wider audience. Just before we go, Zach, just let everyone know where they can find you online. On Twitter, it's at ZacharyAM, and I'm part of the Movement Cover Collective. And we've been missing Steve Pander tonight, but you can follow him on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. You can read all our stuff, AFTN.ca, away from the numbers. Whitecaps, BC Soccer, Canadian National Team, lots of stuff on that. And of course, a, a lot of TSS Rover stuff as well. I'm Michael McCall. You can follow me on Twitter at AFTNCanada. Drop us an email, anything you want to chat about, aftncanada at hotmail.com. And I think that just about wraps it up. That's a a two-hour show we've brought to you tonight. Hope you've enjoyed it. If you're still listening live, get to bed. If you listen to this on the podcast, it's been episode 194. Hope you've enjoyed that as well. We'll be back soon. Next Sunday, in fact. And then we may do a a Montreal post-game show after that game as well. We'll kind of see how that plays out. But anyway, as always, thanks for listening. Take care. Mon the Caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.